Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you live your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. It's your source of information for all things related to positive psychology, our concept of goal-achieving psychotherapy, and general information about wellness. It's also the place to contact if you have recommendations for future guests for our podcasts. As you know, our podcast is really designed to help all of us, myself included, learn new ideas from people who are leading their lives enthusiastically and have various perspectives to help us to lead our lives in a way that we can both proceed with enthusiasm, good health, and become the best versions of ourselves at whatever stage of life we may be. In many cases, I'm introducing guests who I am learning from just as much as listeners are because their concepts are new. One of the ways in which you rejuvenate is by learning new concepts all the way through keeping your mind active, and then you can decide whether to accept or reject, but we can't be rigid in our thinking. Now, today we have a really unusual guest in terms of when I do the introduction, you'll see how enthusiastic she is about the way that she leads her own life. She also brings some different perspectives, some of which I may be questioning her about because I I may have some issues in terms of understanding it, but I'm going to try and be open as we proceed. And hopefully we can all learn more about a different way of approaching wellness and increased mental health. Lisa Tahir is from New Orleans, Louisiana, where she became a licensed clinical social worker in the year 2000. She expanded her practice to Los Angeles, California in 2014 and attained her second social work license in California two years later. She is additionally certified in EMDR Level 1, Reiki Level 2, and as a thought coach, through the Institute for Transformational Thinking in Los Angeles, California. Lisa has a private practice in both locations and residence in both Los Angeles and New Orleans. And she lives between both cities with her two cats. Lisa is passionately committed to working with people to help them heal through all of the senses of the body by utilizing intuition, therapy, energy healing, meditation, Reiki healing, crystal healing, nutrition, sound frequencies, yoga, exercise, podcasting, writing, and teaching. Phew, that's a lot. I don't know if I've gotten as worn out through an introduction. I'm not through yet. She enjoys speaking on topics relating to psychoastrology, spirituality, emotional health, physical health, and mental well-being. There's more because Lisa is a very busy person who loves maintaining her fitness through many self-care practices and activities that range from meditation, reading, writing, creating glass art, running indoor rock climbing, yoga, there's more, yoga, surfing, traveling, 
weightlifting and spending time with family, friends, and loved ones. And that doesn't include all the time spent on planes traveling between the two places. She hosts the popular weekly podcast, All Things Therapy, which is found on LA Talk Radio, iTunes, YouTube, and other places. Finally, Lisa is the author of The Chiron Effect, Healing Care Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. Empathy and self-forgiveness really make sense. I'm going to question her a little bit about where astrology fits into this, because that's a new area for me. But I think the really important thing is that her book was endorsed by His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and certainly for anybody in the field of self-improvement, health, wellness, personal growth, having the Dalai Lama endorse your book, that's big time. So with that as an introduction, recognizing that I probably haven't done you justice by leaving out some things, Lisa, I want to welcome you to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's great to have you with us. Dr. Ron, thank you for having me on your podcast. What I have been most excited about is learning about your show and how your mission and the importance you place upon, in my words, being really plugged in to meaning and purpose as a perspective and paradigm as we age. I found that when we drive great meaning in our lives, when we're plugged in to the people, places, and things that really light us up on the inside, that we're just powerful and we're really living what we came here to do. And in your podcast, where you even created the word rejuvenating, aging enthusiastically, that is exactly in alignment with everything I've been doing in my life to really suck all the juices out of life as much as I can and teach people how to do that for themselves every day, even when things appear to be going the same old, same old, and you might feel like nothing's happening. Energy is always moving. And I appreciate that your podcast really highlights how we can maximize doing that for ourselves and our own lives. Great. And I'm really looking forward to your sharing all that you bring to the table in this regard. But before we even start that, that introduction really only did a bit of uh, serving you well. I'm kind of wondering, to get to do all these things, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to get here? I mean, it's such an unusual and almost complete array of strengths and interests and positive things don't frequently hear quite that amount of accolades and so on. Can you tell us a little bit about how you became you? Sure, Dr. Ron. And I feel like even that my story is less about me and more about you, the listener, tuning in to us. I see myself as just a model of what one can do once they really discover who they are and what makes them happy. And for me, it took a while. It took until the last four years, five years when I started writing and researching this book. I lived a lot of my life doing things that outwardly would appear to be successful, but I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel deep gratification by them. There was like a disconnect between who I was, say, on paper and how I felt inside. And in my 20 years of being a therapist, I've seen a lot of people feel 
that way. There might be outside achievement, but yet inner kind of lack, like inner, you know, really longing for meaning, for purpose. And I came to that place four years ago in meditation when I asked the universe, you know, what's beyond traditional talk therapy? What's beyond, I've been a client in therapy for over 20 years on and off, as well as I've been a therapist now for 20 years. And just asking within, asking, you know, what's beyond this? What can I offer to help people not rehash the same traumatic memories, which for me resulted in a sense of disempowerment versus empowerment? I want to tell the new story of what's, you know, what does healing really feel like and look like? And do I still have to, you know, a therapist at one point asking me the same old questions that I'd been asked for 10 years? And I said, no, you know, I'm going to go find what's beyond this. And that's what led to me receiving in meditation the word Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N. And my only knowledge of Chiron is Carl Jung's work around the archetypes and Chiron is the wounded healer. And I started to research and realize that my core wound that I diagnosed from astrology is in my sense of value and worth. And it really made sense because this type of person, if you're listening, feels like no matter what they do, they're not good enough. They believe that love, being loved, comes from working, having to prove yourself. So it can be really exhausting to have this experience in your life, that you're doing all these wonderful things, but not feeling good enough and not being perceived how you want to. So I took my dive deeper into my personal core wounding and healing, really loving and affirming myself, forgiving myself for experiences that I found myself in where I wasn't being treated as I wanted to be. I shared with you earlier that in my family, my family, we're, we're so close now, but there was a time period where there was a lot of violence and abuse, physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. And as a result, any of you listening know, it creates a sense of disconnection from yourself and being able to trust other people and the world you live in. And so for me, the first, I would say three quarters of my life, really learning that I am lovable and could actually trust people to not hurt me and take advantage of me. And so that's what I bring. And you know, whatever the things you read about me, which were so gracious of you to highlight, it's really just, I want to help people find what turns them on, what their passions are, and how they can really connect to their deep inner knowing and really live more happily. It's pretty much that kind of straightforward by clearing out the wounds that we've all, you know, we've all been wounded in life through different experiences, but we don't have to stay there. And so the good news is that we can evolve beyond them. And I'm just going to pause because I'm talking a lot. And I wonder what you think about what I'm saying and sharing as a positive psychologist. Yeah, no, this makes a whole lot of sense. I think one of the things that we share is the fact that I think both of us in doing therapy, I know when I train interns, one of the first things I tell them is the goal of therapy is not to have a bright, intelligent person entertain the therapist or to, <laughs> you know, ask them how did things go this week and next week. We can ask them how things went the other week, you know, so that we want to really have, in my case, we want particular goals to work on and look at strengths and so on. I'm kind of wondering, what if somebody comes, makes an appointment with you. What does therapy look like when their therapist is Lisa Tahir? 
that's such a great question, Dr. Ron. And I always start right where you are as the person calling me, emailing me. I always ask, what got you to send that email and make this call? Because I can always gather history and I'm always, I'm creating a map of my client. In my head, I'm very visual and I have a photographic memory so I can remember things people say in a visual narrative and connect that with them over time. I really think it's most important you know, what finally got someone in to therapy? Have they been to therapy before? What was their experience? And what do they want to get out of our time together and this co-creative relationship? And I start from there. Okay, so that means that you're treating each individual as an individual. Yes. And I wonder, just in terms of, I know your approach to therapy involves looking at wounds in their history and so on. Do all people who wind up in therapy seem to fit into this model of being able to start with whether we start or not, but to have wounds they have to overcome to move forward? You know, I don't see it that way. And I do start with every client. Like some of my clients don't even know I've written this book because it's not applicable. It's only applicable when it is, you know, for that person as they come into me, into my office, virtual office now, that I don't lead with my book and you have to find your Chiron and tell me about it. It's only as the person sharing with me why they came to me, you know, and if it relates, if I feel like, wow, you know, I have this paradigm that I want to offer you, tell me your date of birth, time of birth, place of birth, as much as you know, let me go check out where your Chiron is and let's see if it fits. But that's only if I feel led to, because again, then I'd be the cookie cutter therapist thinking I know it all for everyone. And certainly I don't. My clients are the starting and ending point of their self-discovery. And my goal is to empower them to heal themselves, to have some tools. I'm a great provider of some tools, but they're all tailored to who you are. Not everyone uses the same tools. So my greatest excitement around being a therapist is really figuring out, you know, for every person, like what's going to work for them. And for some of them, my paradigm might work and for others it might not. And I'm not invested in trying to convince anyone of Chiron or anything. I offer a paradigm that if you want to transform, this is every technique in my 49 years of living that I know today, it's my very best self today knowing I have a lot more life to live and learn. But today, this is what I know from so many disciplines of meditation, metaphysics, psychology, you know, to offer a person if it resonates for them. It's so great that you're, you've been so open about both yourself and your approach to therapy. And it really helps to clarify where you're coming from. Thank you. On the other hand, I may have implied a little bit of skepticism it's okay uh, here in the introduction as you have i've gone through a lot of college and graduate school classes and to become a psychologist i never had a course in astrology so that, that again when i hear this i'm a little bit skeptical that hey science is over here and that's where i am and astrology is over here you seem to have successfully found a connection between them and melded them into an approach to treatment that I'm very interested in learning about how it works and how you got there. Thank you for that. You know, I totally appreciate your skepticism and, and even 
curiosity underneath that about how does this work? Does it even have a place in psychology? And so I'm first and foremost a psychotherapist over 20 years, trained, licensed. I mean, like that's my heart. That's my paradigm is I really value the social work model of viewing people from their strengths and really maximizing those. And as I mentioned, I became kind of frustrated in my own personal growth in psychotherapy as a client with, you know, what's beyond, like what's transformative. And for me, moving to Los Angeles six years ago, part-time and being exposed to some really wonderful teachers like Dr. Michael Beckwith, Dr. Judith Orloff, who's a friend of mine, author of the Empath Survival Guide, you know, these teachers that are now friends that really helping me understand the importance of combining spirituality. And that could be found in nature if you're not a person that, you know, and I see religion and spirituality being different. I see spirituality as being connected to just the greater energy that operates and runs our world. So I started to kind of shift my own view of therapy and opening it, you know, being curious about some alternative ways of healing. And that's when I became an avid meditator, which now neuroscience is finding to affect the amygdala of the brain and just all the benefits of neuroplasticity and our brain of meditation. And I just simply received Chiron and I knew that I have to move on this, that sometimes we receive a download of information and it's for us to like really bring that forward, bring that forth in life, or the idea will be given to someone else. And so I knew this is my contribution as an author to really use astrology as just a diagnostic point. I'm not an astrologer. I don't know enough about astrology to read your chart. I don't do readings. What I do know is that I'm an expert in healing our deepest core wounds and turning them, transforming them into what makes us happy, what we can build our careers around. As I think you even have, Dr. Ron, because when I looked into your chart, your psychoastrology of Chiron, Chiron for you is in the sign of cancer, which speaks to a core wounding by abandonment. And it might have been an abandonment in childhood that was experienced, abandonment of yourself, but its manifestation in your chart is in the ninth house, which has to do with politics, religion, news, and more importantly, I think for you, higher education, your philosophy and worldview, and the fact that you are a doctor of psychology, of positive psychology, with this podcast, that you've naturally transformed your wounding by abandonment through being a healer and offering these paradigms to others. And I wonder if that resonates with you at all. Well, certainly certain parts of it does. You know, that I think that there are aspects that I do have some questions about in terms of the whole abandonment thing and the way it's used. But I, again, I, once I found out what I am and looked up the chapter on that, uh, certainly there are parts of it that definitely resonate. And it would at least be a starting point in working with, with you or somebody who's a practitioner of Chiron that works from that framework. Again, I, I would guess that, well, any of these signs or houses or so on may not be, you know, totally pure in terms of, of all aspects of it in much the same way as somebody may think in terms of depression. And you've got a range from kind of unhappiness to 
kind of generalized dysthymia to major depression to suicidality. Because again, my as a skeptic, my first thing was to say, hey, that's wrong. But then as you think about it, there obviously are aspects of it that clearly fit and that may not be the purest form of somebody fitting that cancer profile, but there obviously are things that, that could be worked on. You know, it's interesting. I think one of the most surprising things for me, Dr. Ron, and I haven't really talked about this, is I was so excited after literally four years of focusing on researching, on writing, on really making it my business to understand how some of the most painful things we go through can be used for our transformation and healing of ourselves and our planet and our communities versus it's wounded people that cause the atrocities in our world. And I think we want to punish those people and lock them away versus what if we were to really give them the tools to transform why they're doing the things they're doing, which come from a place of a lack of self-love and compassion that they didn't receive at some point in their development or they wouldn't be doing these things. And so for me, it's been this excitement like, oh my gosh, just like Freud developed the repetition compulsion in 1914, that the patterns that we don't heal are repeated. Additionally, Eric Erickson, the father of psychosocial development, talked about our destiny neurosis and that the way that some people make the same mistakes over and over. Object relationists talked about the same pattern, that we repeat the same relationships that were our early object relations, our parents, our caretakers. And so for me, my book is on patterning and exposing our patterns, the orbit, the frequency that we inhabit over and over, almost like we're going like a hamster in the wheel, you know? And so I've been so shocked that people find Chiron and astrology such a stumbling block that it's been a little disheartening because it's not about believing in astrology. It's seeing yourself who hasn't experienced an abandonment a rejection? Who hasn't grieved a loss like Chiron and Cancer talks about? A death? Who hasn't, you know, experienced neglect or a disconnection from community? So my book is really focused upon healing every kind of issue like this that happens. And so when His Holiness the Dalai Lama sent me his letter, I was so struck that he said, verbatim, I'm not a student of astrology, but what I see in your book is that your ability to articulate compassion and self-forgiveness will benefit your readers greatly. And I know your book will be a success. You know that he didn't get hung up on this language. And I think we get hung up on things. It's natural. You know, we're skeptics. We don't believe. Instead of why don't I see if I can actually, my goal is for people to be happier and I'd have to sit in the shit that I've had to sit in of lack of empowerment and not believing in myself and thinking I'm not good enough. I don't want anyone to dwell one minute in that space if I can offer something, a takeaway step, a mantra, a meditation for you to move through it. And that's what I'm so passionate about. And if it has the word astrology in it, so be it. People can take it or leave it. But the methods in it work. It's obvious that you're very passionate about it and have some really great things to share. So I really want to turn to the book at this point because not only because I'm jealous of you of getting that kind of endorsement from the Dalai Lama, but I mean, without joking about it, I mean, that is a significant thing. I mean, those of us who work in personal development and growth and 
so on. You know, he's really a role model for so much good in the world. But the important thing about the book is the fact that it is going to be out there for many people who won't really have a lot of contact with you. So just like with most books in the psychology realm, the spread of your theory and your ideas exceeds the one-to-one kinds of interactions that you may have with, with clients and patients. So if you could, I'd like you to just take a few minutes and free associate about what the Chiron effect is and you know how somebody who purchases the book, how they should read it, what's the goal of establishing knowledge of Chiron and so on. Sure. And Dr. Ron, I want to tell you and your listeners that you can receive the Dalai Lama's endorsement. I wrote my book because you can have and experience what you want when you change and remove the blocks within yourself as far as believing what is possible for you. And I spent two years in meditation, my vibration to the vibration of his holinesses in regards to compassion, forgiveness, and empathy. And I sat in the quantum field until I felt him say in a whisper, send me your book. We can achieve all of our desires by just shifting our inner belief system and changing our thoughts and then engaging in life through our behaviors in new and different ways. So I know this could happen for you if it's what you want. There's nothing special about me. I just really believe in changing my mindset every day. I spend time in meditation and prayer. I read things that are uplifting and supportive, and it's in that way that I created that endorsement, it's nothing you can't do. So I want to just say that straight up, is that my book really is about you can achieve and be who you most deeply want by learning to believe in yourself and changing your frequency, changing your orbit of your same thoughts by introducing new beliefs, which I put in my book and so many others do. It's not just me. Again, I'm just one voice of so many wonderful ones. And in the back of my book, I have a large resource section. It wasn't in the digital copy that you got, but it's several hundred practitioners and books and websites that I've gone to that I just know of to offer my readers because I'm just, again, one of many. And whatever it is that you want to do, I'm offering you a roadmap and some tools to identify what you need to do in changing your mindset, which I know this podcast is all about, which is why I'm so excited to be here with you today, Dr. Ron. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, well, we're, we're really excited to have you, obviously. I think you've answered my question with one thing that either I had in the back of my mind or you created it, but you did mention the fact that there are, you know, hundreds of books out there that fit this category. Why, this may not be a fair question, but why should somebody choose yours? What is it that should lead somebody to say, hey, this, you know, I've got a limited amount of time. If I read every self-help book out there, that's all I'd be doing over the course of <laughs> Yes, yes. What, what is it that leads me to want to learn this for myself? Why should I choose this to be among the few that I have time to read? You know, I think that's a really exciting question that I haven't been asked before. And most authentically, what comes up is 
we know what resonates with us. Our body tells us the truth of where we need to go and where we don't need to go. If you feel an inclination, a curiosity, you know, what does psychoastrology, what does healing my core wounds through using affirmations, changing my mindset, introducing new beliefs that then create new actions. Like if this resonates with you, please check it out. I would love you to, and I'd love to hear what you think. Because to me, this is a co-creation between me and my readers that I am available. I'm very responsive as I've gotten emails, especially, and people reaching out through social media to ask me questions. I'm really about engagement and co-creating new outcomes for people. So when they get my book, there's an interactive portion of my website they'll have access to, to be able to identify where Chiron is in their chart. They can use it for themselves as an individual. If you're in a partnership, it helps to know your partner's Chiron placement because as being a couples therapist, which has been the last like 10 years of my practice in a large way, that couples seem to orbit and frequent the same issues and arguments and see each other as opposite, like on a different team instead of being as part of the same team. And I think to have empathy and compassion for our partner's wounds and knowing these are just areas of vulnerability. A wound is a vulnerable area that it's very tender. It's very sore. We often want to hide it. We don't want people to know these things about ourselves because we fear we might be perceived as weak. And so my book is going to help you see your vulnerabilities differently. They're really great gifts and where you're actually most beautiful in those vulnerable places. This is just such wonderful information. I'm so glad I can share it or be a vehicle for sharing it with my listeners. Speaking of listeners, while I'm proud that we have quite an age range among listeners, my book is devoted to aging with enthusiasm and A fair number of listeners are in the the senior years, as I am. And one of the questions that sometimes comes up with many guests, as well as in many patients with whom I work, is, you know, once I reach a certain age, is it too late to change? Is there anything, you know, I mean, all that damage has been done already. I managed Mm. to get a life for myself. I got married. I had it a job, you know, and and all that. And I always start out with the notion that, you know, if you reach a certain age and you're a heavy smoker Mm. or you're obese, would it be wrong to try and change those habits to extend your life a little bit and then extend the quality of your life? I think it's the same thing in the psychological area that it's worth changing at any at any point, but I'm wondering, do you have any specific or helpful hints for those who are reaching the senior years and, you know, despite what wounds they may have had, they've reached some kind of a a balance in their life, but it isn't, you know, real wellness. It isn't really the best version of themselves. You know, that's where my mind went as you were asking this question. And when I sat to meditate this morning, this population of your show came up, those that are, I'm 49, those that are older than me and are really what I would intend and hope for them and imagine for myself where I'd like to be is knowing that we're good enough. Like you've achieved the status in your life and your development. Oh my gosh. You know, to really have peace and comfort 
with yourself. And we could always, we could be like self-help junkies and, you know, like we can always feel like we need to be better, do something different. Yet I think that's not living in the moment mindfully. And I hope for myself that as I get older, I'm able to mindfully in the moment, accept myself for all that I am and all that I'm not. And I would hope that for your listeners to find some true peace, you know, so what? if you don't have it all together in these certain ways with habits or eating? I mean, are you feeling contentment? Do you wake up liking who you are? Are you able to go to sleep feeling, you know, like I've lived my life, my day authentically? So I would hope for peace and acceptance versus trying to change things or overwork, you know, if that's not what they want. And I wonder how that sits for you, how that lands with you, Dr. Ron. It makes so much sense that, you know, I hope that people heard it as well as I did. I think that there's, you know, it, it's really good guidance for you at, at any age. And as I feared when I did the introduction, we will run out of time before I run out of questions. But there are a couple of things that are maybe just my own curiosity ones that I did want to get to before we find out, you know, how people can get in touch with you and close out the show. One of which is you mentioned about meditating this morning and so on, just in terms of your own practice. And I know that everybody's got to make their own decisions on how they do things. But I'm wondering, in terms of your daily life, what are some of the things that you absolutely fit in to make sure that your own wellness is going in the right direction and that you maintain your enthusiasm for life. Yes, Dr. Ron. For me, it's definitely in the mornings, even if it's just five minutes. If I oversleep or choose to oversleep and snooze, I take at least five minutes to meditate, to sit before I look at emails. This has been a practice, a work in progress. I had to kind of train myself. Before I look at emails or social media, I sit and with my coffee and for five minutes, close my eyes. Ideally, I plan longer, but at a minimum, five minutes. I set a timer on my phone so I'm not missing appointments or being late for anything. And I just sit and I ask, you know, I just like, hey, wel like, I welcome this new day. You know, hi, I'm here. Like, please, I intend to have a wonderful day. Guide my sessions, guide my words, guide this interview for today. You know, may my words land softly in people's hearts and minds. May I be of service. May I be happy and just send love through my day and just, you know, and then I'll go to emails and sometime I might need to meditate again in the middle of the day or at night even to end the day. I always read something before bed. I love the author Louise Hay. She is a go-to for me for affirmations. I like to end before I close my eyes with just something affirming like, like her words and I exercise, and whether that's a walk or weightlifting, and I try to stay connected. When I start to feel a little lonely or feeling like something's amiss, I try to ask myself, like, I wonder who I could reach out to through a text and say hi and connect with. And that always seems to help me feel better. Yeah, it's wonderful words, and everything seems to come back to the notion that if we focus on our physical intellectual and social health. We really can't go wrong and we continue to grow. My final curiosity question, as someone who seems to have enough difficulty managing my life in one city, how do you <laughs> You're funny. do it in two? 
You know, there's some truth to that. I was born and raised in New Orleans, living here my whole life. That's where I am today. And when I turned 43, I woke up reminiscing, thinking about how I've talked about living somewhere else, but haven't done it. And I thought, you know, there's no way that I'm going to wake up at 60 plus and move somewhere. Like you need to get off your ass and do it now if you're going to do it at all. And a friend invited me to Los Angeles to check it out. I love the beach. I had only been there once and I actually scheduled for that weekend to meet with some offices to find a private practice location and found an office and the owners agreed to let me actually live in that office because I could not afford assistance at the time. So they had never done this in 30 years of their healing center. But again, I knew like I had this dream of expanding my practice. And if I waited till I could afford it, I might never do it. So I was willing to live uncomfortably in an office, showering at a 24-hour fitness gym two miles away, using my rental car as a mobile closet. No one really knew. You know, I told a few friends, but I felt kind of embarrassed at the time. And now that I have a second residence, still have that office, I own a car, like I have no shame in taking the baby steps towards my dreams. And I encourage your listeners, our listeners and people, you know, to really take those baby steps toward the life you want to create, knowing you might have to be uncomfortable in the process, but you're going to get there. Yeah, and I think it's tremendous advice to know that, you know, leaving your comfort zone is not the worst thing that can happen if you want to grow. Yes, so, you're right. So, Lisa, it's been just, you know, a joy, a learning experience. It's helped me to move my skepticism over to a corner and open myself up to learning more about your approach. Really grateful that you've taken the time to out of your busy two-city schedule to share your thoughts and your accomplishments with my listeners. The best of success on your book. Is it out yet? It's on pre-sale right now through my website, NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com, as well as on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. It ships out November 17th. So it can be pre-ordered and It'll ship out. And Dr. Ron, I'd love to have you on my podcast and talk about your book. You have such a rich history and experience, and, and like I, it just would be my delight to have you on as well. So I'd like to plan that afterwards. Okay, got a deal. And is NOLA therapy, is that how people get in touch with you too? How I mean, yes. we'll have all yes. this stuff in the show notes, but what's the best way for people who may be interested in finding out more about you, what you have to offer, and if they're in a position to to actually seek out therapy with you, how, how do people reach you? Exactly, through nolatherapy.com and on social media, Facebook and Instagram at NOLA Therapy. And the name of your podcast, again, because I've heard some of the episodes and, I mean, you've had Big time guests and smaller time guests. You're a tremendous host with tremendous guests so that you're not just great at being a guest, but great at being a host. So give us the name of your podcast again. Thank you. It's called All Things Therapy, and that's accessible through my website, NOLA Therapy. I love interviewing people, Dr. Ron, and just highlighting all the wonderful things people are doing to help us heal and live better lives. Well, again, I don't think we could have a better guest as someone who's an example of living her life with enthusiasm 
than you. And I think, you know, if people follow half of the practices that, that you follow and half of the habits that you follow, they won't have to worry too much about aging with enthusiasm. I can't promise that somewhere down the line I won't try to get you on here again. Again, absolutely delightful, enlightening, informational, enjoyable, and all other kinds of platitudes that we can throw your way. Very best of success on the book and on everything else as you move forward with your life. And so I know that I speak on behalf of all my listeners when I say thank you very much to Lisa Tahir. This has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser, and hopefully all of you will tell your friends about the podcast, particularly this episode, and download, subscribe, rate, and so on. And again, please feel free, more than free, but I'm encouraging you to visit my website, The Mental Health Gym, learn more about positive psychology, and be in a position to communicate with us. So uh, while it'll be tough to top this week's guest, I hope that you'll listen in next week for another interesting, informative guest who will help us to lead our lives enthusiastically. Until then, everybody stay safe and live your life enthusiastically. Enthusiastically.